everybody welcome to the 178th edition of the holy backboard podcast i'm dustin here in rip city and i got my man sage chilling here in beaverton oregon and wow we got a surprise for today i didn't think we'd be doing another episode this quickly but here we are i know i got the notification i was just getting ready to eat dinner and it was a woge bomb you don't expect woge bombs to happen in November, because obviously teams cannot make trades on players who have signed until December 15th. But here we are, November 14th. Carmelo Anthony is finally coming home. It has been, what, two, three years in the making, Sage, that we've actively pursued Carmelo. And you know what? I guess both parties are just desperate enough to say, mm-hmm. let's dance. Let's tango. Let's, let's see if this is a match made in heaven. The players that have played power forward for us. Anthony Tolliver, 74% of his time is at power forward. Mario Hazonia, 60% of his time is at power forward. Nasir Little, 58% of his time is at power forward. Zach Collins, who's out. Rodney Hood's played 56% of his time at power forward. Kent Bazemore's played 5%. And Gary Trent Jr. has played 2% of his possible time at power forward. We don't have a legitimate power forward to take minutes. I think Carmelo at this stage of his career has gotten kicked in the nuts so much from OKC Houston to not being in the NBA. I think it's humbled him. And if it has humbled him, we need someone who can eat minutes at the power forward position because out of the list of people that I've named, whose natural position is that power forward? Anthony Tolliver and that's it? Yeah, easily. It's it's only Anthony Tolliver. Yeah, because, I mean, Gary Trent Jr.'s played two, uh, however many percent of his minutes at power forward for us. Gary Trent Jr. And we're looking at right now, Nasir Little, yes, he has a 7'2 wingspan and plays bigger than his height, but he's only 6'5". Mm-hmm. And he was our best bet at power forward, defending one of the best players in the NBA in Pascal Siakam last night against Toronto. That's where we're at, is we are saying, 19-year-old rookie, Nasir Little, please try and save our season. And he's still going to get his minutes, but... The Blazers had to do something, and they had to do something that was low risk, high reward. And I think they found it in Carmelo Anthony. I believe Woj tweeted that he's only going to make about $15,000 this year, and that's if Portland keeps him on the roster Mm. until January 7th. That's when the contract becomes fully guaranteed. And at this point like i said december 15th is when you can make a trade to trade our expiring contracts i honestly don't think the blazers can wait another month with the way they're playing against the eastern conference with the way they're playing at home and their slew of road games still up in front of them it could get real ugly real scary real quick so it's really just a why the fuck not move you you might as well see if he has anything left in the tank, because, you know, our expectations aren't super high. Oh, they so. have to be. You have to have low expectations of the guy who hasn't played in the NBA for a, wh- a while. Like, it's been almost been, a calendar year. Yeah, it's been a year since he's played in the NBA. So you don't expect him to be 2007 Mello, who's taken the, his team to the playoffs. This is a 
older gentleman playing basketball. What I expect of him is to just take minutes away from those small forward and shooting guards playing power forward. Like, just take those minutes. Eat minutes for us. And, like, don't lose games for us. Just eat those minutes and you'll you'll have a role on a team. How many how many teams that are in this position? Like we had we had hopes for playoffs. How many potential playoff teams had a role this big for Carmelo Anthony? And how many teams have a system already set up in place that kind of already fits in with his isolation heavy system? Like we go ISO more mm-hmm. times than not with Dame and CJ, and it's a way to just to get a bucket sometimes yep. and. Don't expect a lot of defense. I don't think that's going to be his strong suit. Do we expect defense from most of our players right now? Outside of, again, outside of a 19-year-old making his first start, that's the only defender of the bunch. You know, we had thought that Mario Hazonia had shown flashes of it. Can't more can, but that... But not at the four. We saw at the end of that game when Terry went small that Rodney Kent, Damon CJ, and either we either had Hassan or we had Simons to go ultra small... It wasn't working. It's just too small. And again, he's not a rebounder, but I bet he, I bet he can get more rebounds than what we have now. Like, and like, I think you hit the nail on the head, though. He just has to eat minutes. He has to buy us time. The mantra of the season has been stay above water, and this is one of our our last life preservers. And I really don't expect it to impact Nasir Little's minutes too much. I think this is more of a reflection of how Mario Hazonia and Anthony Tolliver have played and not necessarily lived up to expectations or played to their strengths. I was reading the article that, that Woj posted and he mentioned that the Blazers have struggled to get production from our forwards. We rank 27th in points per game, 36.3 tied for 28th in assists per game, 5.5. And we're last in field goal percentage, 39%. Outside of points per game, Melo's not going to really af- impact the other two categories. Well, he is a volume scorer, not sim- not too dissimilar for, from CJ McCollum in the sense that if he gets hot, you just got to feed him. And it's one of those, maybe he has a reclamation type of pro- careers. You mentioned he's been kind of kicked in the balls a little bit, his egos probably in check a lot and he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder and something to prove. I mean, my God, you have to have some desire to play in the NBA if you're willing to take $15,000. I mean, this guy is a multi multi-millionaire and he's literally playing for the bare bones minimum. Carmelo Anthony last year had six and a half rebounds a game. Where would that rank on our team right now? Six and a half rebounds per game. Second behind Hassan. Did, did you already look this up? No, that's just I think that that's got to be common knowledge if you watch this Blazers basketball okay, team. Right, yes, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> I was like I just thought of it. I thought I was the only one. Good shit. But uh, like even though he isn't a fantastic rebounder, dudes would be second on our team on a huge like he played he played for Houston and got six and a half. What do you how many minutes would you project him to to get? When he's actually like, when he actually had some practices and knows a bit of our scheme, how many minutes a game would you expect him to get? You know, I think he's probably going to play about twenty minutes off the jump. Again, you have to realize this man is thirty-five years old. 
a lot of wear and tear on those tires. He hasn't played an NBA game in almost a calendar year. And there's he he has been working out, but there is any athlete will tell you there's no simulation for the real thing. Mm. So it's going to take him a while just to get in condition. So that's why I don't think it's going to impact Nasir Little too much. Maybe Pau Gasol comes back during this stretch as well and, and share some of that that workload. But again, I'm of the opinion that I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to Pau Gasol. So I would say about 20 minutes to start. And so that's maybe, Mario's and Anthony's uh, rotation. You would have to think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no other reason they made this signing. If they were happy with what they were getting out of Mario it, and Anthony, they wouldn't have signed Carmelo. Is Carmelo Nasir's direct backup? He should be. I would even. I would even start Nasir and let Carmelo score off of the bench against second unit guys, at least to get his footing. Yeah. Absolutely, because we don't really need a lot of scoring from the starters. No, we don't. We need some consistency from the bench. From the bench, you're absolutely right. So to me, those have got to be your four. You have to let Nasir continue to develop. Otherwise, you're wasting prime opportunity. You're wasting 70 games for his development, which he could help us next year when we're really trying to make our push. And I think he's earning that time in practice as well. By all accounts, you know, he's a stand-up guy. Dame said he's one of the most polite people he has ever met. And he just seems to – he seems hungry. I think – Having Pau Gasol is going to help Damian Lillard a lot in terms of managing the locker room. I mean, you already have Hassan Whiteside. Now you have Carmelo Anthony. There, there's a lot of big personalities mm. in in that locker room, and you're just going to need some guys that are going to fall in line. And that's one of the main reasons we did so well with our previous group, because you had guys like Aminu and Myers who just knew their role and they went out and played it, and they really didn't cause a fuss in the locker room. This is a very last-ditch effort, just to make that 100% clear. Uh, I don't think it's a fantastic fit. Uh, My expectations are super low, but like I I tweeted out as soon as I heard it, I was like, just let's get weird. Like, we might as well see if, if it can work. It's not perfect. The opportunity presented us for Carmelo. And, and I was thinking this the other day, and I was going to say it on the podcast, but I really rep- I love what Vince Carter and Brooke Lopez and even, even Tristan Thompson did with their games, which is adapt. Adapt to the new way of the game. Like, Vince was the best dunker ever, then went to an excellent three-point shooter, then he became a bench guy. Brooke Lopez never took threes, now he takes a bunch of threes and makes them. Tristan Thompson now extended his range. Carmelo Anthony never really did that. He never really changed what he wanted to do with what the NBA has has changed to. This is the opportunity for Carmelo Anthony to do what he likes to do and be on an NBA roster at the same time. Like, this is a very good opportunity for him just to play ball in a professional level for, you know, another year, another season. This is his opportunity. There, there's not that many teams that fuck with pick uh, with ISO as much as us right now. I mean, you want to talk about opportunity? This is probably his last opportunity. He's been wanting that farewell tour, much like Kobe got, much like 
Dwayne Wade got last year, much like Paul Pierce wanted desperately. You, I mean, you're kidding yourself if it doesn't matter to these guys, and it matters to Carmelo. It may not be that type of farewell tour, but you best believe if he starts to put together a couple of games like maybe Derrick Rose has been doing ever since those, you know, three injuries, the basketball world, maybe not the average fan, but the basketball community loves Carmelo Anthony. And you can start to see those arenas get more packed. You're going to see the jersey exchanges. It's going to be a big deal. He is a Hall of Famer in a lot of people's eyes, and he's a very he's still a popular player. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have players who are already tweeting about it. Donovan Mitchell just tweeted like about time. Like everyone wants to see him come back. This is his chance to redeem his name, mm-hmm. to really put respect on what Carmelo Anthony is all about. And again, it it's all on him though. He's no one else can do that for him. He has to be the one. To take that initiative and say, I am going to change my perception, your perception of me. Absolutely. Like this is the chance for him to write his final chapter. And if it's just getting Portland to the playoffs, that that's so be it. That would be fantastic. I don't think he's going to come out and play like an all-star level. I think that is pie in the sky. But if he can contribute and as you mentioned, change his game a bit, he is going to be looked upon so much more differently and such a better light that he was able to adapt with the times and it's going to make it a lot easier for him to get in the hall of fame as of, you know, right now it, it, to me, it's still a debate. Like, do you let him in? Do you not let him in? Like he's just a volume scorer who really wasn't one to play defense or rebound, but recency bias is really real. And if he's able to flip the script and not only learn his role but thrive in his role that's going to resonate really well with a lot of those voters i on like i know there's a million different ways you could say it i don't think terry stotts cares about his well-being i see i think that there is a world where carmelo anthony just eats a shit ton of minutes because we need him to eat a shit ton of minutes and like if he produces great but it just don't have I don't have Anthony Tolliver and Mario Hazonia play. Like all, he doesn't have to worry about saving him for anything. He's a one year guy just here to do his one year of work and then find something new. There's a world where we just play Carmelo a shitload. I mean, to a point, you still have to make sure he's in shape, otherwise he's not getting back on defense and the start looks like it starts looking like a five on five game at a, at your local twenty four hour fitness when it's just cherry picking and nobody's hustling back on D and just gets super sloppy. So yes, he needs to eat those minutes, but if he doesn't perform or he's incapable of performing, Tolliver and Hazonia are going to get those minutes. It's not just because his name is Carmelo Anthony that he's guaranteed this time. I think out the jump, once he gets into basketball shape, yes, he is going to be guaranteed minutes, but just like everyone else on that roster, he's going to have to, pull his fair share of duty Mm -hmm. to continue to earn playing time. It's not just given on a name by name basis. That's not, that's not the blazer way. I know, but uh, the people that have played haven't performed. And it's just like, this is a one year deal. But I'm saying if he doesn't perform better than his own Tolliver, he's not going to play. Like he has, that's the bar. 
Yes, it's low, but he has to jump higher than that bar. Yeah. He has to exceed that bar. I just remember, uh, fuck, who's the co- Scotty Brooks playing Trevor Ariza 45 minutes a game when he said, I'm going to take it easy on Trevor Ariza. I'm going to take it easy. And that just plays him the absolute maximum amount of minutes that he can play. So it's just like, it's kind of the same situation as Trevor Ariza in Washington last year as in Carmelo Anthony and us this year. It's just like, well, we got this guy who wants to play. Let's just show him out here and, you know, not play whoever the hell the Washington Wizards had last year on their roster instead of Trevor Ariza. You know, it's like the opportunities here for Carmelo Anthony, my man, like, God damn. And it, it it's no disrespect to Marlon Hazonian, Anthony Tolliver. They're one, they're like top 99 percentile basketball players in the world. They haven't performed at the level that we would like. And if Car- Carmelo just jumps off that, jumps to that uh, expectation and, you know, goes a little farther, man, he could, he could be eating some damn minutes for us this year. Do you, what, what do you expect out of him for like points and I guess rebounds and stuff like that? Like I said, I think he's going to have three to four months uh, of playing time. Obviously he has up until January 7th before the contract gets guaranteed, but Zach's not going to be back for a while. Gasol is 39. So it's not like he's going to come in and, and play a ton of minutes either. I could see Melo getting 24, 28 minutes a night, maybe 12 points, five boards, 42, 43% from the field. What I want to see from him is can he get to the free throw line and can he take advantage of smaller players in the post a la Rodney Hood? Because he doesn't necessarily just have to play strictly power forward. We can move him around and he does have a really nice back to the basket game, something that is really a lost art. and was a huge catalyst in helping us defeat the Denver Nuggets because they had no answer for Rodney Hood on the block. So if you're going to play ISO, let's at least slow the game down a bit, find the mismatch, take care of the ball, and get a high-quality shot. So, you know, 12-5, and five, if you're going to get, if you're going to be starting and you're going to have defenses keying on Damon CJ, we saw the Raptors basically throw like a box-in-one defense on Damian Lillard Given his hot start, you know more of that's going to continue mm. from other coaches. So he's not going to be the focal point on on offense from from opposing defenses. Excuse me. So he is definitely going to have his opportunity. And you know the Blazers love that mid range more than any team in the league, maybe outside of San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. So again, fuck, fuck it. Why not? So you said twenty two minutes, right? I said twenty between twenty four and twenty eight. Okay, so Mario Hazonia has twenty two minutes a game and. Anthony's at 17, but whatever. If he gets 22 minutes a game, he has to just top five points per game, five and a half points per game. I would like it, honestly, if he got us eight, I'd be over the moon and above the stars for him in 20, in 22 minutes. Like if, if he just took Mario Zonia's time and that was, he was the direct backup at the four and played some three and probably some five, if he got us eight, I'd be perfectly happy with him. <laughs> Maybe some, if he got his eight, some rebounds and like that, that's all I'm asking. Eight points and some rebounds, like help the helper. Carmelo Anthony is a very intelligent player. You, you've seen the videos where he talks to his son about the game. Like dude knows what he's talking about. He's at least going to put the effort in to help the helper on defense. Like 
he just knows the game. He knows what to do in those scenarios. He's in a he's in a gobble up some rebounds. He's gonna get some points. And if he plays twenty two point minutes, I expect him to score more than five and a half points. All right, Sage. Let's take a quick commercial break from our sponsors. Let's dive into some fan questions and wrap it up with our final thoughts on Carmelo Anthony joining the Portland Trailblazers. Today's show is brought to you by Grammarly, an intelligent writing app. Download Grammarly's browser extension and create a free Grammarly account at www.getgrammarly.com forward slash holy All right, everybody, welcome back to the Holy Backboard podcast. Dustin and Sage here. Sage, let's dive into some fan questions we got from Twitter this evening. Got a few of them. I Bleed Blazers wants to know it didn't end well in New York or OKC or Atlanta. Or Houston. Did he play a minute in Atlanta? No. Okay. What's there to be done to make this marriage work? Desperation on both parties. I mean, honestly, that that that's really what it is. It is a desperate move from an organization that still wants to go to the playoffs. We explained why it's a good role. It, it's just desperation. We had to make a move at Power Forward to eat minutes. Kenneth Reed went somewhere and not isn't in the NBA. Carmelo was probably number two on our desk or in the uh, GM's mind of who would eat minutes. If he's gotten kicked in the nuts so much, and former Blazer Zach Randolph went to him numerous spots, got humbled in each spot, and then when he went to Memphis, he was humbled enough to be a very good basketball player. Carmelo Anthony has gone through that in two years, just getting humbled every spot he goes. He's desperate. How much did he sign for? 15 G's? Yep. He's desperate. He wants to be in the NBA. He's going to do whatever he can to stay in this league. The ego shit is out the window. Yes, he's going to play how he wants, and he didn't adapt, adapt to the times. But this is a way where he can play the way he wants, and get minutes and be in the NBA. So I think that it's a low risk thing. I don't think he'll ever he'll never be Carmelo Anthony consistently the one that one got took teams to the playoffs. We don't need that. I mean, we'd love to have it, but we don't need it. Just eat minutes, and the expectations are so low that if he doesn't work out, there's gonna be somebody else we can sign. So this he there's a world where he just doesn't fit and it doesn't work. We cut him, and it doesn't affect us that much, and we try it again. There, This could be a long, long his, history of us just trying power forwards out. Okay, uh, Melo doesn't work. Let's see what Quincy Acey can do. Quincy Acey doesn't work. Let's see what Jason Smith can do. It's just There's a lot of NBA-ish quality power forwards in the free agency. Carmelo may just be the first person that we sign. Or it can work tremendously and he eats 25 minutes a game for us i think both parties are are desperate enough to make it work yeah i I think it just boils down to that like i need you you need me we need each other and sometimes that's all it takes expect him to be in their limited minutes and if you can produce in limited minutes that's fantastic some people can't do the ennis Cantor role where all right i got 24 minutes i'm gonna make the best of it like that it's remained to be seen. He's never had this role before. Rainmaker five six seven wants to know. I have one question: Why there had to be other options? Just glad it's not guaranteed. 
I'm I'm sure that they had a long list of dudes that they wanted to have a very team friendly contract, and Carmelo was the one that was like 15 G's, but I get to be in the NBA. I'll take it. You know, I mean, it's desperation. Yeah, there's other people, but Melo's at least from what we're hearing in it, like Blazers don't leak shit. What we know is that he accepted. I'm sure we gave contracts out to Ken Fareed and all the other players that I've mentioned. Melo took it. <laughs> there you go. He's the one who accepted our offer. So you know, I think it's you know the question is why there had to be better options. I think at this point in the season, there aren't better options. Every player that you sign for a minimum contract, as we have seen with Anthony Tolliver and Mario Hazonia has major flaws in their games. What you're trying to find is the best of the of the bunch, the one that's going to fit the best with the team, maybe packs the biggest punch, and maybe it's Carmelo, maybe it's not. One of our options, Kenneth Reed, took a $2 million contract offer in China. Uh, Joakim Noah isn't a true power forward. He's a center. And your options are just severely limited right now, and... I'm going to read something that Woj just tweeted. He said, uh, Neil O'Shea and Carmelo's agent, Leon Rose, had stayed in contact on Anthony since the preseason. Sources have said. So conversations picked up over the past two days, obviously with the back-to-back losses in Sacramento and at home against Toronto. And O'Shea and Terry Stotts talked directly with Melo today before reaching an agreement. So it's not just like it came out of nowhere it's been on the radar. I think Neil had a hunch that this season could play out as it did because Yusuf is so valuable. You add on Zach Collins being out for four months and then the, the intermittent you know, injuries of Hassan and Rodney. And it, it's just been a laundry list of what can go wrong has gone wrong. So again, why Carmelo? Because there there really wasn't another option. The other option was waiting until December 15th to make a trade. And by that time, the Blazers really could have been out of the playoffs. Uh, mathematically, probably not eliminated, but realistically, donezo. One more question, Sage, from at the Blazers fan. We touched on this a bit, but I want to go a little bit deeper. How much does this impact Nasir Little's playing time? Also, what is the percentage chance that Melo is a solid contributor? I don't think it affects Nasir. I think it affects Zonia and Anthony Tolliver. Both those dudes are uh, one-year guys, right? Yep. Uh, and I believe Hazonia has a player option. And so you might take it. But they're not like core guys. Yep. Nasir is a core guy. You want to get him on the court as much as possible for development. Uh, there's a philosophy called uh, Royal Jelly. Uh, you want to give the players that you think have a chance to be great Royal Jelly. And Royal Jelly in this scenario is playing time. So I don't think Nasir will be affected at all. In the games that he's played, he's produced. He's had energy. He's played really intense defense, diving all over the court for loose balls and rebounds. He's his his playing time is going to stay very very consistent if I had to guess. Mario Hazonia, on the other hand, you better you better worry. And what's the percentage chance that he Melo becomes a solid contributor? If you were a betting man, what what would you what set that line? What is a at? solid contributor though? Is it what eight? we just said? Twelve and five. Oh, I don't think he gets twelve and five, but I th- I think eight and eight and four. He better be getting five boards. 
<laughs> Shit, he'd be the leader, second leader on the team, my guy. If we're th- if we're, if it's low, I think he could be a solid contributor, and I'd give it like a fifty-fifty. But if it was twelve and five, like, oof, that's tough, Maybe man. Twenty-five percent, one in four chance. You know, it's tough to make that prediction when you haven't seen him play real basketball. In that's here. what's so fun about it, Sage, because we have no fucking idea what we're talking about, and we're just guessing. Yeah, like, like yo, you you look at video in an open gym with no one defending him and he's greening everything green jumpers green jumpers Hoodie mellow. yeah it's like dude i sure maybe let's do 50 like yo man like it, it's tough to project someone who hasn't played a real like nba game in a, a full calendar year but like it, it's tough so sure 50 percent. i mean yo I'll i want to see what he can do i'll say there's a one in ten chance that he becomes like a 15 point per game score. One in 10? Like, I think there's a 10% chance. In 100 simulations, 10%, 10 of those times he becomes. 10 of those times, Hoodie Mello comes to life and he wins us a couple games. He actually helps us get to the playoffs. That That's my, I think it's one in 10. We, we may strike gold. It's just like playing the lottery. The odds aren't in your favor, but, you know, sometimes blind squirrels find nuts. It's inevitably going to come up. Carmelo obviously wears number seven. Number seven is not currently retired, but was last worn by beloved Trailblazer great Brandon Roy. He has not played in a Blazer uniform since the 2011 season. It is rumored that Ennis Cantor, or excuse me, Scalabissier, wanted to wear number seven, but was told he couldn't. However, when Ennis Cantor joined the team and wanted to wear double zero, which was worn by, I think, one of the best Trailblazers of all time in Kevin Duckworth, that was a go. Given Mello's status as an all-time great, if he wants to wear number seven, you tell him he can wear number seven, right? Was he seven all throughout his career? He was 15, but 15 is retired by the Blazers. Who was 15? Larry Steele. I forget. I, I don't pay it. Like, dude, Drew Brees is... I, I don't know a number Drew Brees That's why is. you have me, Sage. Like, I don't know numbers. Like, obviously, twenty. I know 23, Clyde Drexler's 22, but like... I see the the things the 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 banners hanging up, and I'm like, okay, I know the names, but if you ask me the numbers, I'd fa- like if you ask me who these who our Blazers numbers are, I would fail. But if you told me who the names are, I could give you a bunch of relevant statistics about them. I just don't remember numbers. I don't have the the memories of Brandon Roy being fucking awesome. You know what I'm saying? So I don't have the whole. This is an odd number, and you can't have it. So I don't know. Like he, he's a Mello is a quasi Hall of Famer. Like if he wants so it, he can get it. My point is, if it's so honored, retire it already. Yeah. I mean that that's that's the line that that I kind of draw. Is like if it's not retired, it should probably be fair game. The only number I would say that is not currently retired that no blazer should ever wear is Jerome Kersey's 25. And we need to get that retired, but that's because Kersey played 10 plus years in rip city. It was a trailblazers ambassador after his career was over and was pretty fucking awesome. He put up some numbers for us. Brandon was elite, but was elite for such a short period of time. And I'm not certain that, there are any plans to retire it. Like if it hasn't happened now, I don't know if it will. And again, if you let Ennis wear double zero, 
if 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 wearing seven is gonna make Melo feel like Superman, let him wear fucking seven. I, I don't care. All I care about is getting wins. Mm. Yeah, I. <laughs> I've made it clear I don't really give shit about numbers. So whatever, whatever makes him feel the most confident to get rebounds for us is chill with me. All right, dribble, pass, shoot before we wrap this up. At the end of this season, we will look back on the signing of Carmelo Anthony in saying it worked out. It was a good signing. I feel like it's already a good signing because we we now know, and I think GMs have a hard time saying that they were wrong on a player or a situation. So regardless of how well Carmelo himself worked out for us, it was a good thing because we are starting to address the blaring need at power forward. So I shoot it. Now saying Carmelo Anthony was the answer, I dribble. But I think I shoot the fact that we have problems. That's fair. You got anything else before we wrap this bad boy up? No, I'm good, man. When do you think he makes his debut? Do you think it's Saturday in San Antonio or Monday in Houston, which would be very poetic? Oh, I mean, yeah, poetic, not petty. A little of both. A little bit, yeah, a little of both. Honestly, I think we need the we need the minutes being eaten as ASAP. You know, I, I say play Saturday, man. Fuck it. Let, let you not knowing the system doesn't really. Affect- no, just go go to the elbow, get the rock, triple threat, and go to work. That's all we need. So, what do you think about that triple pass shoot? What is, what is your? I think your answer was correct. Yeah. <laughs> all right, man. So. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Himalaya Podcast, Dash Radio, nothing but Net Radio 2 to 3 on Tuesdays. We are we are starting our YouTube. Holy Backboard PDX. Holy Backboard PDX. And you can fo- I, this is going to be the first episode because it's very relevant to us. So check us out on all of those places. Thank you to Grammarly for the sponsorship. Get your free browser extension at grammarly.com slash holy backboard, and we out of here. Wherever you may be, this is Bill Shinley. Good night, everybody. Let's go! Let's go.